And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was our finest. Hey everybody, this is Petri Dish. I'm Sean. This is Nathan. And today we're going to be talking about all those things that go biting in the night. Ticks, disease vectors, all that. Yeah, and mosquitoes. Yep, ticks and mosquitoes. Why aren't we talking about like fleas and spiders or something? (laughs) 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 Or hickeys. (laughs) So, well, we're trying to aim a little bit for disease vectors or animals that can carry disease. And spiders don't really fall in that category. And uh, fleas, that's why. I don't know, they're boring. Uh, Okay. Fleas carry some stuff, lice carry some stuff. Right. But right now... Uh, ticks and mosquitoes, they're hot. Yeah, I mean, this is especially the season, guys. Well, not like literally fall, but, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of climate changing going on. I don't know if you've heard. But because of that, the range of these species are increasing. There's more and more nutso diseases that they're spreading to more and more people. So this is the right time to talk about it. So guys, get ready for Petri Dish Episode 13, Bite Me. Colon, semicolon, colon, ticks are pricks, dash, mosquitoes. <laughs> All right, so Nathan, let me ask you a question. Where do you think diseases go when they're not like actively making us sick? Don't they just disappear? <laughs> so I mean like what is a disease <laughs> <laughs> I thought it just made you sick <laughs> well so you know for a while now we've known that there is kind of this causative thing for a lot of diseases yeah. germ theory and that, yeah the Epstein Pastor theory of, <laughs> of, of germs right <laughs> are you gonna bring Epstein in already <laughs> yes, that's early so whether it's bacteria or viruses or some other kind of creepy crawly thing we have all of these actual agents that cause the disease But you guys must have noticed that there's kind of seasons for diseases, right? Like we'll have a flu season or something. And then for the rest of the year, people don't really get the flu very much. Yeah, why the fuck is there a flu season? Yeah, so the reason why is that basically, you know, you have these viruses and bacteria. And for the rest of the time that they're not actually infecting you, they're kind of hiding out in other places. So they could be living inside of animals or something like that. Where's the flu hiding? So a lot of times it's hiding out in birds and pigs. Birds and pigs. Yeah, you know, like there's the avian flus and the swine flus. You right? know, in the original script of Deliverance, the hillbillies just all die from flu after, you know, they <laughs> bang that Betty because he's a pig. <laughs> he's got flu in there. <laughs> and they don't vaccine in Appalachia. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Get your vaccines, Now kids. I'm screwing like a pig. So actually... One of the main natural reservoirs for both the flu and the common cold is actually kids. Oh, so like a reservoir like where you you store them in kids. Yeah, and the common cold. And so, you know, I mean... that diarrhea, in my case. (laughs) Well, it just means that... diarrhea Mary when I was a kid. (laughs) Were you? 
I yeah, don't remember dude. that. I just remember you digging around the dirt a lot trying to oh, catch this insects. Oh, this is when you went to Chicago. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> so, kid very loosely. I, I infected the kids I taught. <laughs> this is in Korea. <laughs> so, so basically, there are a lot of different places that these diseases can hide. And in a lot of cases, the animals or, for example, kids that the diseases are hanging out in, it's asymptomatic. So they don't actually get sick. It just kind of hangs out in their bodies for a while. Does, is it like it, the the flu has decided to not activate? Or is it just this particular kid happens to have a resistance? Like, how does that work? Uh, it's a little less common with the flu, but with the rhinoviruses, with the common cold, it can actually kind of sit somewhat inactive inside of your body. Huh. And it'll just kind of hang out there. And then every once in a while, it'll sprout up. It's one of the reasons why the common cold... It has less of a season. It has a time of year where, like, it works a little bit better because there's kind of more humidity and everything like that. But realistically, the common cold can just kind of crop up out of a kid, and then suddenly the whole family is sick, and then the parents go to work and the whole office is sick, right? But for a lot of these other animals, a lot of these other places where you have these reservoirs, there needs to be some kind of way for it to get back into people, right? Like, the transmission between us and animals, there needs to be some way that it can jump in between. And so that's where you have these things called disease vectors. And disease right. vectors are the things that can carry the disease from one being to another being. Sure, it's like the, the people for the bubonic plague, right? <laughs> were they the ones who were doing that? I meant rats. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll bleep that yeah, one. That one's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, bleep it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in that case, the plague actually was in the rats as a reservoir, but the vector oh. the vector were fleas. Oh. Right? The fleas were the ones that were biting the rats, getting some of that plague bacteria. Some of that bubon in their mouth. Right. Yeah. And then hopping over, biting a human, and transmitting that disease into the human. Yeah. You know, I don't think it was that bad. Which one? Well, you just, you hear like one third of Europe died, and that's like a quote unquote a lot. But, um... That's like a 67% chance you make it, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I got better. I got better and worse scores on tests, you know? Like, it's better than the SAT. <laughs> Sounds like better odds than making it in the movie business, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, More now, likely to survive a bubonic plague than sell the uh, script. Now, now we're all sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so because of this relationship between the disease reservoirs and the disease vectors, these two different, basically, animal species, what that means is that the environment is really important. And that's one of the reasons why climate change and human action can actually have a really big impact on what diseases are out there. Are you saying human action impacts climate change? <laughs> it's very controversial. So as you may recall, we <laughs> had a two-part... I don't remember Episode that. extravaganza on climate change. That wasn't me. That was Greta Van Vergenberg. <laughs> <laughs> She's just upset that we're fucking up the climate so bad. Yes. So human beings can impact the climate. Yes. Yes. And by impacting the climate and just environments, cutting down forests, killing wolves, these things can have really big impacts on what kind of animal reservoirs are out there. And therefore, what kind of disease vectors there are available to get us sick. Let's take all this theory, let's put it into tick form. Yeah. How does that have to do with ticks? 
Yeah, sure. So one of the main ticks involved in spreading Lyme disease is the deer tick. And the deer tick, one of their main sources of food are deer. You know, that was the original uh, John Tractor was John Tick Tractor. And then it didn't sell very well. So they're like, how about John Deere Tick Tractor? Oh, right? John Deere. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck, dude? And then they how does it, your brain work? They finally <laughs> changed it to John Deere Damn Tractor it. around 1927. Oh, my God. But originally it was just Tick Tractor. Depths of madness. I don't know how. I, anyway, <laughs> you're not going crazy. You're sane in a crazy world. <laughs> Take quote. <laughs> Shit. So you're just gonna pepper those in, huh? No. Keep going. <laughs> don't let me slow you down. <laughs> All right. So, um, we have deer ticks. They like to chomp on deer. Okay. Yes. How many deer there are in an area? Is that yeah. like a Greenland situation where like the ticks? We're like, we're deer ticks, but we secretly like wolves. <laughs> but we don't want other ticks to come on deer. <laughs> no, the yeah. the ticks weren't Scandinavian. They didn't they didn't trickily name things. Well, hey guys, I just got a text from one of our listeners. She said, "Tell Sean to tell all his scientist buddies they got to cut that shit out." I'm calling a cease and desist on all science. Science is canceled about mind machine interfaces. Oh, that's that's real science news for you guys. Why'd you fucking put that in now? We could have talked about that later. God damn it, you're a piece of shit. What the f***? Okay, let's go back God. to... Do you realize this is the second time in a row you fucking derailed me? I haven't gotten past deer ticks liking to fucking chomp on deer. We're okay. still on that. Okay, 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 okay. Holy so, shit. quick, quick, the, the fast reset. Okay, guys. So, Sean, let's take the theory back to reality. <laughs> what, um... Tell me about how it relates to ticks. All right. So we got this kind of tick, the deer tick. Original okay. name, John Deere Tick Tractor. <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god, okay. Little okay. Fact. okay. Deer ticks. One of the main spreaders of Lyme disease. They like to chomp on deer. How many deer there are kind of depends on how many forests there are, what the health of the forest is, but also how much of the predators of the deer there are, right? Because, you know, if you have a bunch of wolves around, then there might be fewer deer in the forest. And then thus, ticks have less places to chomp. Right. Exactly. And so, in the early settling of America, there's a lot of... uh, Deforestation that happened. Yes. And we killed a lot of deer. So, when people first came over, there are a lot of written accounts of people being like, there's ticks all over the place. Right. But the settlers chopped down forests, killed a lot of deer, killed a lot of wolves... We just killed a lot of shit in America. Yeah, and we we killed a bunch of stuff. We set up cities, right? And what eventually happened is uh, we saw a really huge drop in tick-borne diseases. I mean, essentially, people weren't getting sick from tick-borne diseases until kind of after World War II, really. And a little thing called Levittown. <laughs> but I mean, basically, people building neighborhoods out into forests. Yeah, right? Levittown was a suburb. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> it's like little cul-de-sacs and shit like that, right? I'm insecure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, these cute little neighborhoods that people were really into where it's like, oh, nature, you know, away from the big city. Right. And also, we stopped hunting so much for food. Deer populations started to rebound. But we still didn't like wolves being around like our backyards and shit. Okay, wait, though. So suburbs are not like forest. I thought all the deer ticks were in the forest. So technically, ticks like to live at the interface between woodlands and open areas. They're also known as a 7-Eleven in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. And also like in a lot of these 
suburby or like straight up, you know, full blown neighborhood areas. Right. Like I'm thinking about in the Northeast and stuff like that. Right. Right. Where your backyard ends and then not so many feet away is forest. And as I so rudely interrupted you earlier, there aren't a lot of wolves in these suburbs. Right. We don't like those. Right. So we we got rid of the wolves, but we kept some of the deer, and now there's a bunch of deer in these areas. And because of that, a bunch of fucking ticks. I'm also seeing here, lice can also carry them, and foxes kill mice. But we killed the foxes. Yeah, so technically speaking, the deer amount, and this is one of the reasons why it's so complicated. More deer means more ticks. But that doesn't necessarily mean more infected ticks. Like more ticks with Lyme disease, right? It just means more ticks in general. That makes sense. The place, one of the main reservoirs for actually, for Lyme, is mice. But these deer ticks like to bite mice too. So if you have a lot of mice and a lot of deer, you have a lot of ticks that are infected with Lyme disease. Sure, and because we've basically mass-murdered predators and kept around herbivores... Now all we have are the ticks and the herbivores. Right, exactly. So we got a lot of these small mammals. We got a lot of little birds, which can also carry Lyme disease. And so we've had this really profound impact on how that ecosystem is shaped. And in a way, we've kind of accidentally made it perfect for ticks to survive and thrive. Do you think the liberal agenda to ban DDT is the reason we have Lyme disease, Sean? (laughs) Damn you liberals! (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, so, uh, what's interesting is that pesticide spraying has proved to be very not successful in really? stopping ticks for some Are ticks just too fucking masculine and badass? So, so with the exception of maybe in Russia, where really widespread DEET spraying might sure. have, like, got rid of ticks, but, like, at the Yeah, same- they got rid of ticks in, like, native peoples. <laughs> yeah. Like, all sorts of, sure. like, Siberian people's eggs, like, don't hatch and properly like now. like, millions of their people, right? Yeah. I mean, like, they... they <laughs> They did what they did in every war, which is just throw people at it. Well, that's because when you get into bed with evil incarnate, it always takes the covers. <laughs> that's another tick quote for you guys out there. <laughs> Jesus. That's about Russia. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, look. Okay. There's a lot of things that uh, we change in our environment. So, it's not just oh, chopping down trees and letting deer live, which we never should have done. Yeah. Should have killed all of them. They're tasty. <laughs> but... Also, things like uh, just climate change at large can create more humid environments and fewer cold environments. And the thing about both mosquitoes and ticks is that they go into dormancy during cold periods and they really enjoy humid periods. And so if climate change creates those kinds of conditions, we could just kind of expand more of the year that they're really, really happy running around and biting people. I'm seeing this crazy factoid. By current climate change models, by 2030, southern Britain will be able to sustain malaria for two months. By 2080, that'll include Scotland. Yeah. Scotland. My mother, Scotland. (laughs) Yeah, so malaria is a tropical disease. Um, For that to work out, you need to have a kind of large period of time where there's a lot of people, a lot of the mosquitoes that carry malaria... And sort of the right humid environment for the people and the mosquitoes to mix. Right. And by 2030, like you said, that what's normally a tropical disease will have expanded far enough north right. to be touching the southern shore. It's going to of... be a, a mass migration of bloodsuckers. 
mosquitoes to Britain and Boris Johnson to Scotland. <laughs> it's going to be bad for everybody. He's going to be fleeing north. Yeah, he's going to be biting Scottish people. <laughs> so basically climate change and human impacts are going to make it so that it's more likely for us to see these guys. So why is it about tick physiology that climate change would be good for them or that they're even such good vectors? Right, yeah. So ticks... They typically like these warm human environments. Although I will say that you can find ticks pretty much everywhere in the world, including Antarctica, where they like to chomp down on penguins. You read my mind, dude. Yeah, they're down there on penguins. <laughs> uh, and also in uh, hippo butts. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fun little factoid. Is that like you. a specific species? Yes. Dude. I think it's like the hippo butt tick. Sure. Tickiest Freddie Mercuryus or something. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury, dude. I, I get the butt part, but he, he ate. Oh, I guess fat bottom girls. Is yeah. that what that was about? Thank you. <laughs> I saved you. Um, so ticks go back to the time of the dinosaurs, right? We're talking about the Cretaceous period. That's cool. And I feel like everything survived the dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, except for them. It's like, mammals go back from before this. Like, yeah, me, dragonflies, <laughs> fucking syphilis. It's like everything predates the dinosaurs. So um, ticks like to hang out kind of on ground level vegetation. So one of the things, you know, like shrubs and stuff like that, Shrubbery. weeds and everything yeah. um, are a lot of places where ticks like to hang out. So if you're in a sort of forested or backyard area with a lot of that kind of... Uh, that kind of shit down there. Mm. That's where ticks like to be. Um, and they like to hang out in kind of the, the strip of land in between like a backyard and a forest. This okay. Kinda, this kind of interface. So ticks, are they like crustacean or something? Uh, ticks are um, arthropods. Okay. So they're they're in the same grouping uh, as like spiders. The phylum, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Hee! <laughs> are they arachnids? No, so so they're, are they insects. No, oh okay, they're their own thing. Oh, they're that's their own cool. thing. But they're, they're they are in the same group as uh, as spiders and insects. That's cool. And yeah, I mean they're they're kind of goofy in that um, a lot of other arthropods kind of have these three body chunks, right? They have like the head and the thorax and the abdomen. I actually wrote a shanty about that last night, like at one a.m. It goes like this. On insects, there be body parts three, head, thorax, and abdomen. It kind of falls apart at this point. If someone kills a bug, you kick them to the can, because insects are our friends. What the <laughs> fuck just happened? <laughs> oh my god! I, I, it did work. There was like a there's like a there's like a scansion <laughs> or like a rhyme scheme in which that worked. I don't remember what it was though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you need to get more sleep. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. Though. <laughs> yeah, sleep deprivation. It's a pretty bad poem, Sean. Does naughty okay. things to you. Yeah. So a lot of arthropods have these three body parts: the head, the thorax, that'd be kind of like your chestal area, right. right? And then the abdomen, which is like your butt. And then spiders have two parts: that's like the abdomen, and then the it's like the cephalothorax, or right? Something so weird. it's like their head and their thorax is fused together into the yeah. cephalothorax, right? Yeah. So ticks. <laughs> They took the There's cephalothorax like thing. and then they fused that to the abdomen too. Right. <laughs> so basically, they're all just one lump of body. Yeah, and in fact, like it's just like a big sack. Yeah, it's a sack with like a little mouth, in- injectable mouth thing attached. So they're real pieces of shit. Uh, uh, ticks are gross as hell. Like, uh, looking at pictures of ticks make you feel funny things. So, you know, the they do have sensory organs, but kind of one of the main unique ones is actually on their legs, and it's called Holler's organ. And it can sense things like the odor 
of people. You know, it's got these odor detections to be able to smell if somebody's uh, sweat is nearby. Was Holler like an obese, blood-sucking serial murderer or something? Like, why is it called Holler's organ? <laughs> yeah, he was a mouth breather. And it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's the CO2 yeah. detection. He that, was that. a hikikikomori. <laughs> but uh, also, interestingly, these Holler organs seem to be able to detect infrared light or like heat. They can kind of like, they have this like heat detection to tell when there's something warm-blooded nearby. That's super cool. Yeah, and it's pretty freaky. Um, so a little PSA, given all those variables, how do you avoid ticks? Yeah, so ticks need to have access to your skin, and they like to be kind of low and close to the ground, which means that the most common place for them to try to get at you is in between your socks and your pants. So the best thing to do is to be like one of those dweeby bike rider guys that takes their pants and tucks them into their socks. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just be that be that guy. Be that shitty looking. Not worth time. it. I'll take Lyme disease. <laughs> just, right. just toss your pants inside your socks. Yeah. And, and wear rub, long sleeves. And rub DDT on your ankles. DEET <laughs> is different than DDT. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Works poorly. Uh, but DEET is an insect repellent and it does work on ticks. Okay. And you can spray that onto clothes. And yeah, so, I, you know, compared to mosquitoes, which we're going to talk about later, ticks are hypothetically an easier problem because they're not flying. <laughs> right right since mosquitoes can fly they can bite you in all different kinds of places yeah. ticks you know for the most part it's going to be down there unless you like i don't know like sleep with deer or some shit in which case you're definitely gonna get bit why'd you look at me like that when you said that well you're wearing like a bear outfit so i don't know i am wearing a bear outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you could do stuff i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> okay well anyway guys <laughs> so let's take a break when we get back from our break we're gonna talk about all the sexy sexy diseases that you can get from a tick <laughs> Are you mad? Do you want to see the world burn? Do you want a haircut? Well, fucking get one at Raid Salon. We cut hair angrily, men's hair anywhere, even taint, which makes me even madder, because we're Raid Salon. This is a real place. We passed it on Western Avenue in Gardena after we had bacon breakfast. It was really more of a brunch. Don't fucking lie, bro. I don't eat brunch with dudes. You had mimosas. Ah, you're making me so mad. So mad. I need a haircut. Get one at... Rage Saloon. This is a fake ad for a real place of business. We've never been. We just like the name. They're at 16134 Southwestern Avenue, Gardena, California, 90247, with no listed phone number, which is pretty metal. Not magic, silly Nile queen, doorknob. That's the tick. <laughs> and we're back. God damn it. So, guys, uh, let's talk about these crazy tick diseases, all of them very central and erotic, so this is not PG-13. Let's start with Lyme disease. Sean, call me by your Lyme. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Lyme disease is a bacterial disease, and this bacteria can hang out inside of ticks. Uh, this is mostly a North America thing, although there's a little bit in Europe, too. It's kind of a different strain. I've noticed you said in your notes that this is the big one, which is very American-centric, isn't it, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Racist. It is, but I feel good about that because we are Americans. Patriots. That's true. We are patriots. <laughs> so 30 to 50% of deer ticks have this bacteria in them. So that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good percent. That's a good chunk. Yeah. And in the U.S., that means thirty thousand people are infected every year. Um, 
The bacteria takes a little while to get into us, though. So if you get bit by a tick, you have about, on average, 36 hours... To stay alive. <laughs> ...to get rid of that tick before the bacteria gets transmitted into you. That's pretty interesting. And it starts as a rash. Right. So the first symptom is this kind of rash. Uh, a lot of times it shows up as kind of a bullseye rash. Sort of cool looking. But I will say that 20 to 30% of people might not show a rash at all, which is a bummer. And if you have the disease after that, you get severe headaches, some symptoms, neck stiffness, and fecal paralysis. <laughs> facial, facial paralysis. <laughs> I think that says fecal, which means, guys, that your colon literally freezes mid-poop. <laughs> So it just hangs there like a prairie dog. Yeah, okay. So Very dangerous. Some people have the, this disease. The tick just laughs and laughs. So for 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 the people who are out there who have this disease, facial paralysis, but also joint pains, memory problems, tiredness. Does your face paralyze only when you're in a silly expression? <laughs> like like what they tell kids all the time. That like, like, don't make that face or it'll freeze like that. Yeah, or else I'll get a tick. <laughs> yeah. Give you Lyme disease. So Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so the thing about Lyme disease is that even after you remove all of this uh, Borrelia bacteria from your body. That's like the thing the that causes the Lyme disease? Right, yeah. Right. Once you remove all of that, you can still suffer from symptoms in something called post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. Ah, so like if you get the vaccine and the vaccine doesn't work, it gives you all these side effects. God, what? Are you doing <laughs> anti-vaxxer shit right now? <laughs> yeah. You better not, girl. Because actually we got some vaccine stuff coming up in a couple Oh, months. really? Well, tell me about this vaccine stuff. <laughs> all right. So there was a vaccine for Lyme disease. What? It was called Lyme Ricks. Why hasn't anyone put that in my chicken nuggets yet? Yeah, so it was developed in 98, buddy. All right. You were seven years old. Mm, I remember. I had a really, really tasty Capri Sun that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, Capri Sun. Yeah. Um, so some people out there in a spout of anti-vaxxerism. Never heard of it before. Thought that this vaccine might cause autoimmune disorders. And those people sued the company. And the media picked up on the story that this company was getting sued because this vaccine causes uh, autoimmune disorders. The... CDC, the Centers of Disease Control, and the FDA did huge studies and found that the vaccine does not increase the odds of developing autoimmune disorder. That goddamn yellow stream media. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it doesn't cause that problem, but the company had already decided to stop selling it because now it was like in the news that it does this thing, so they just like scrapped it. It's funny because when we were mentioning uh, we're going to do this episode... My German coworker Nadia was like, "Oh, what do you mean? There's no vaccine, you know? Oh, in Bavaria we have a the vaccine for Lyme disease." And I was like, "Yeah, because <laughs> you guys aren't crazy. Because <laughs> you guys still believe in medicine." <laughs> yes. So uh, there was a vaccine, and there are now a couple more vaccines that are sort of trickling through clinical trials, kind of based on a similar idea. But we'll see. We'll see if uh, if Jenna, any, Jenna McCarthy. Yeah, if there's an appetite for vaccines anymore in America. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Lyme disease is a bacterial disease, so antibiotics will treat Lyme disease. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, how does a vaccine work for uh, bacteria? Yeah, so uh, you know, hopefully in a month or so, maybe less, we'll get to do an episode on the immune system, and I can dig into this a little bit further. But All vaccines work on the principle that you want two parts to it. You want one part that 
has a danger signal to tell your immune system that this is some naughty shit. And then the other part is you just want something that the immune system can recognize from the bad guy. And usually that's a protein. And bacteria and viruses both have plenty of proteins. So is it kind of just a common misconception that vaccines work for viruses? So I think the misconception is that it's because viruses are otherwise really difficult to treat. So we normally think like the only thing you can do about viruses is a vaccine. Oh. Whereas with bacteria, a lot of times some people are like, why even make a vaccine if you can just treat it anyway? Like you can cure it. Right. So why have this preventative prophylactic thing? Right. right. <laughs> um, prophylactic. But for example, there is a vaccine for tuberculosis. Tuberculosis mm. is a bacteria. Ah. Um, so yeah, the, there are vaccines for both and they work oh. on pretty much the same principle. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. So Lyme disease totally has a vaccine. People are dumb. <laughs> what else can ticks do to you? Um, so there is a similar kind of disease called tick relapsing fever. Um, that actually comes from a very similar kind of bacteria as the one that causes Lyme disease. And people usually get nausea, fever, chills, headache for about a week. And then they kind of get better, and then they kind of get sick again. So that's why it's relapsing fever. It, like, comes back, right? Mm. And so unlike Lyme disease, which is more kind of a northern hemisphere sort of thing, the relapsing fever is actually something that, like, you can find in Africa and stuff. And so it was actually described by ancient Greeks. Okay, we have a really cool primary source quote. The world owes you a hug, small soldier, <laughs> and I am the one that's gonna give it. Uh, that's Herodotus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tick quotes. No, the, <laughs> here, put, put on your best Greek accent and read this uh, Hippocrates uh, quote. Uh. But when the summer came, and during autumn occurred many continuous but not violent fevers, <laughs> which attacked persons who were long <laughs> ailing without suffering distress. That's just a British accent. Have you seen like zero movies, dude? Gladiator, <laughs> Rome, Spartacus, Greek people speak. <laughs> Those are all Romans. <laughs> dude. All right. Well, in any case, Hippocrates, who was a dude who, you know, he's the one that the Hippocratic Oath is named after. He actually has a whole write-up where he was going around. And hypocritical. That also comes from Hippocrates. <laughs> because science <laughs> is a lie. God damn it. Anyway, point is, even the ancient Greeks knew about this disease. So it's been around for a while. Um, so, yeah, basically relapsing fever, spread by ticks, very similar bacteria. It can also technically be spread by lice. And actually, the lice version of it appears to be kind of deadlier. So more people die. Hmm. But fuck less. And they mean. spread it like this. Ah, no. Don't do it. <laughs> this isn't a visual medium. They can't see what you just did to me. Anyway, I whatever, tried to whatever, kiss whatever, him. Whatever. whatever. No. Okay, what else can they do to you? So ticks carry a lot of different bacterial diseases. They even have some that infect your immune cells. And they can do all kinds of goofy shit there. I'm seeing necrophilic. <laughs> uh, neutrophils. Oh, okay. Neutrophils is a kind of white blood cell. I feel like that's an SSRI I used to take. <laughs> <laughs> Neutrophil. Neuter your... <laughs> yeah, so so neutrophils are one of the most common white blood cells in your body. And they're kind of live fast, die young kind of white blood cells. They mm. usually like kind of run in, do some naughty shit, kill a bunch of dudes, and then die. I like that. Um, and these bacteria actually infect those cells and keep them alive for longer. Because they're, they're hosts, so they want to be able to divide inside of these neutrophils, which is sort of a weird reversal from what stuff usually does, which is kill ourselves. Mm. But yeah, there's other bacterial ones. Does that make you like a superhuman? 
No. Yeah, no, it just makes you sick. Oh, it makes you sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <bummer. laughs> no, it's not very good for you. Oh. But yeah, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Tularemia, you know, there, there's these other kinds of diseases. Bartonella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the main point is that, you know, a lot of these other ones, aside from Lyme, they can coexist in the reservoir species and the ticks. So if you get bitten by a tick and you get Lyme, you might get other diseases at the same time, oh. which could be pretty complicated for treatment. So that's cool. So that's, we're done, right? Like that's all the tick, tick diseases. That was bacteria. Uh, ticks can also have viruses in them. Yeah. What is encephalitis? Well, actually, okay. Step back. There's something called tick-borne encephalitis. Yeah. In places like China, Russia, Europe, yep. Japan. Yep. Sean, what is encephalitis? Yeah, so itis means inflammation. Mm. Okay? Uh, so when you got the itis, that means something's inflamed. Mm. Something's angry. And encephala is your head. Mm. So it's when you got the head itis. Oh, wow. And it, that's not great for you. Okay? <laughs> when you have inflammation in your brain, it's, it's not an ideal location for it. So at first, you have kind of these nonspecific flu-like symptoms. And then that goes for about five days or so. And then you enter into this period where you feel fine. So it's like, oh, I had a little flu, but I'm okay now. Mm. But you're not okay. Because phase two happens, which is paralysis, the encephalitis part, maybe some myelitis. And if you manage to survive phase two, you have a bunch of leftover shit. Like you might have sensory problems, cognitive problems, motor problems, emotional instability. I see this. It's called neurosequel. Yeah, sequelae. Yeah. Yeah, it's a neurological sequelae are like the leftover damage from your brain having the ouchies. To be more specific, it was like literally swollen. Yeah. So that like jacked up all your shit. Yes. There's like brain cells that died and stuff. Yes. You're and like... Yeah, you, you, could, you could have cognitive problems. You could like forget how to do certain daily tasks that you used to do. You can have sensory problems. You could like, maybe your hearing's not as good. You can't see as well. So the European form is relatively mild. Okay, so out of everyone that gets infected with kind of like the flu part, only 20 to 30% go to phase two, okay, which is so the brain ouchie. Like, part. so Europe and like Russia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, the Eastern Europe part, right? Yeah. And, and out of the people, about 2% die, okay? Hmm. The Far Eastern one, so Japan and China, 35% mortality rate. Woo! Okay, so a lot of people dying from that one. Damn. 35% of Japanese people die from encephalitis? <laughs> That's a lot. No wonder they're so mad. 35% of the ones that get bit by a tick and get this disease. So there is no cure. And treatment is just supportive. So they try to, you know, try to make you comfortable. That sucks dick, dude. Yeah. What? Yeah. But but listen, there is a vaccine. So get vaccinated, Nathan. Okay. Next time that you're going to, to, to Russia. To Russia? Yep. And I see there's even a rare version of it in North America called Powhatan Confederacy Virus. Yeah. That's pretty fucking dank. Yeah. Jesus. But it's really rare. Like, almost nobody gets infected with that one. As opposed to this tick-borne encephalitis, Ten to 12,000 people a year are infected with that. So this North American Powassan virus, why does no one get infected by that? It's a slightly different form of the virus that's not as successful at infecting people. Mm, okay. And it, it's a little hard to tell how much of it is in ticks right now. It's kind of new out there. But cool. it, we only have, like, a few cases. Okay. But another one of these viruses 
okay, is the Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. Which is, like, super far away from each other. That's like saying, (laughs) like, the in-and-out Martian (laughs) fucking syphilis. Like, how do you get Crimean Congo? Yeah, so that's true. The the thing about this, uh, this disease is that it has sort of kind of low occurrence all over Africa, okay, but sort of centered around Congo, but not super high. The main hotspot is the Black Sea and everything that's kind of around the Black it's Sea. It's kind of funny how it's basically in the two global hotspots then, right? <laughs> yeah. Like like Crimea and Congo are like the two places that have all the diseases and <laughs> yeah, warfare. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, one of the places is the Balkans, and I was like, oh, fucking poor Balkans. Right, Balkans. Anyway... Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. Mm. Hemorrhagic fever is like Ebola. Right, and Ebola is like where you bleed out every fucking hole, right? Right. So while Ebola has a mortality rate going from 25 to 90%. It's like a pretty big. It is. It's a really big range, and it kind of depends on the strain of Ebola. So sometimes you'll have an Ebola outbreak, and one in four people will die, right? And then sometimes you'll have an Ebola outbreak, and nine out of ten people will die. Mm. This tick, hemorrhagic fever is more like 10 to 40%. So that's like not a big deal then. That's like, whatever, just weakened at Bernie's. It's like, it's like you two, know? two out of five people dying. That's still pretty fucked up. Yeah, that's weakened at Bernie's. And uh, the way that this works is, you know, first you get flu symptoms again, right? But then you start getting this second round of symptoms. You get agitated. Yeah, I see confusion. Yeah, you're confused. You start getting nosebleeds. You get liver swelling and damage, kidney failure. You get blood clots all throughout your body. Uh, and then, you know, either people get better or they die. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So then, uh, you, I, I see you have a category here, protozoa. I don't even know what the fuck a protozoa is. Protozoa are single-cell dudes that are eukaryotes, right? So they're not bacteria. They're not a kind of bacteria. Are they part of the protist family or yeah. um, kingdom? Yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, that's the, the, the similarity to protist in the first Protozoa, protist. Yeah. Yeah. I see you got babe. Yeah. Babesiosis. I, I hope it's babesiosis or something like that. But in any case, it's a protozoan disease. The, one of the reasons I want to mention this is that one of the mosquito diseases later is also protozoan. That's malaria. So this is actually sort of like the tick malaria. What do these eukaryotic cells even do to you when they're in your body that would make you sick? They crawl inside your cells. Oh, that's pretty cool. They invade into your cells. And um, in both this case, this tick protozoan disease and malaria, one of the things they like to do is crawl into red blood cells and then divide and then rupture those red blood cells. Damn, that's cool. So you start to get anemia because you don't have enough red blood cells going around. Also called Texan cattle fever. Yeah, yeah, when it's in cows. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Not when it's in people. I think you could still call it that when it's in people. <laughs> so so the thing about this protozoan is that it also can be in the same deer ticks that spread Lyme. So you could get both. You get Lyme disease and this little fucker. Wow. Yeah, so that's a bummer. And then, you know, all those were like living things that the tick spreads to you, right? But ticks themselves can also cause something called tick paralysis. Okay, so as if ticks weren't enough of a dick... They also can make neurotoxins in their saliva. And when they bite you, it can cause this paralysis that crawls up from your legs and then it slowly starts to move upwards and paralyze your whole body. You know, I knew of a guy who had that in his dick too. What? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean dick? 
Well, like Why are his, you saying dick? His dick had a neurotoxin that it would naturally <laughs> develop. <laughs> Did you confuse dick and tick? Because I said tick repeatedly. I said dick <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, now, the thing about tick paralysis is for the paralysis to spread in your body, the tick needs to stay attached. Okay. So the solution is to find and get rid of that fucking tick. All right. But sometimes the tick is in a tricky spot. I think there was a house episode. Remember House? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think there was a House episode where uh, the tick was in the young lady's vagina. Oh. Her vagine. Jeez. And uh, and they had a hard time finding it because they were like, this is a young lady. We can't just go rooting around in places. Okay. Yeah, and so it took a little while. Wow. <laughs> PC police <laughs> getting got, people killed. She got sicker and sicker. Wow. That sucks. And then the, the last thing that I'll say. This is actually a thing that horrifies people the most. Yes. More than Lyme disease is this thing ticks can do. They can cause what's called alpha-gal allergy. Okay, and this is the this is the thing where you become allergic to red meat. And uh, yeah, this is totally legit. So tick bites can make you allergic to red meat. What they're actually making you allergic to is this kind of sugar molecule, this kind of carbohydrate that exists in the tissues of mammals. Except for apes. Basically us and yeah. monkeys. Yes. Yeah. And so because we don't have it, we recognize it as foreign. Most of the time that doesn't do anything to regular people. But what happens is the tick will bite some mammal, suck up their blood, and it'll have this alpha-gal sugar, bite us, inject alpha-gal into us, and then we'll start to recognize that as foreign and we'll start to make antibodies and shit to it. Jesus. Yeah, so that's not great. The people who have this allergic reaction can still eat fish and poultry. I don't know. Is that good enough? No. You can't, can't have steaks anymore, but you can have chicken and uh, sushi. You like that? Make my coffin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not long for this world. So unlike other food allergies, this one may fade. So they're, they're still doing studies on this, but they think maybe in one to five years after the tick bite, so long as you don't get bit again... You might be able to start having red meat again. Not worth it. Get my gun license. <laughs> Doesn't Alpha Gals kind of sound like if they never had Wonder Woman, but they still wanted to have a superhero movie for Gal Gadot? They would just name oh, her Alpha Gal. Alpha Gal. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fun. I, I was thinking about it as like there's like an Alpha Gal and a Beta Gal. <laughs> and like the Alpha Gal like negs on the Beta Gal all the time. <laughs> um, or alternatively. That's kind of like us, really. So you're an Alpha Gal and I'm a Beta Gal. <laughs> or alternatively, as like a Charlie's Angel style thing, right? It's uh, like Alpha Gals. Also like us. Yeah, exactly like us. Um, the thing about it is it might not only be food. I think I'm Bosley and you're all the women. What's a Bosley? Isn't that like the guy who talks to the girls? Like from the machine? I thought it was Charlie. Is that Charlie? Is okay. that the whole fucking point? So I'm Charlie, and you have split personality disorder. <laughs> okay. You're all the angels. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be such a funny short film? We should film that. God damn it. Anyway, look, the last point on this is that, uh, sure, red meat has alpha-gal, but it's not the only thing. There are stuff like cancer treatments that also have alpha-gal in the formulations, and what's not super clear is if people have this allergy, can they not get those cancer treatments anymore? Right? So, like, it, it might make them allergic to treatment for stuff. Well, luckily, I'm a Christian scientist, so it doesn't matter for me. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So, guys. We, we need to take a break. <laughs> okay, so let's take a break, guys. And when we come back, we're done talking about ticks. Fuck those bloodsuckers. 
Psych. We're gonna talk about more blood suckers. We're talking about mosquitoes now, guys. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> I'll see you later. My name is Tyler Jerry. You may know me from such risque vampire romances as Lay in My Coffin and Fuck This Bat. Maybe you'll like my millions of fans dressing up like werewolves, swampy things, and vampires to live out their darkest erotic fantasies. But it's a dangerous world, the night. There's people like me out there, and you need a safe online space to mingle, coordinate, and fuck. You need your own vampire Tinder. Well, now you've got it with Sucker. That's right, Sucker. The first dating app designed for people with monster kinks. Mummies, Succubi, Piers Morgan, you name it, you can fuck it on Sucker. In my long tenure as the Arch Badger of Canterbugger, I've met millions of people who want to be like me, getting their nut off while playing sweaty dress-up. If you're that kind of freaky-deaky, download Sucker and swipe right for perverts of the night. Okay, guys, we're back with Petri Dish, and we're talking now about mosquitoes amongst our broader subject of bloodsuckers and their diseases. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a poem for this from a guy named John Dunn. It's called The Mosquito. It was written in the 1600s about this subject. It goes, Mark but this flea. <laughs> so, uh, so I got the wrong poem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, Sean, tell us about mosquito biology. Oh, Why are they such good vectors for disease? <laughs> oh, okay. Mosquitoes, like ticks, they have a history going back to the dinosaurs. Everything survived the, di- <laughs> the dinosaurs are the worst animals. <laughs> well, I mean, you might remember from Jurassic Park, right? Mosquitoes, they're the ones that were in the amber that they were, like, drilling into to, like, get at their butts. Yeah. Right? So, mosquitoes, they've been hanging out. There's mosquitoes feeding on almost every kind of animal. As I think a lot of people might know, mosquito larvae, you know, the eggs, the larvae, the nymph, they all like to live in stagnant water. And they're like actual proper insects. So they go through complete metamorphosis. They have a head, thorax, and abdomen. They have this long needle called a proboscis. Yeah. That's how it sucks your blood. That's how they get at it. And, yeah. you know, the, the amount of water that mosquitoes need can actually be very small. So, you know, like even uh, Coke bottles have like the little plastic lids. Right. Like water in one of those lids as like, you know, garbage somewhere can be enough for mosquitoes to lay their eggs and hatch, survive, and then turn into more mosquitoes. I feel like an animal that's that good at existing, like, deserves it. Yeah. They're going to win. It's just, it's going to suck for us while they do it. Like, I've only seen a few kids live inside a Coke can. Wow, it's uh, difficult to not be <laughs> politically incorrect about that one. Okay, so <laughs> eggs to adult. Mosquitoes of different species and environments can take a different amount of time, but it can be as short as five days. Wow. So from being laid as eggs to being flying around biting people can be five days. Damn. So when you have males, the male mosquitoes eat nectar. Okay, so and blood? Nope, just nectar. They're cute. Oh. They're just going around being chill, having sugary drinks. Mm. Okay. Females are the ones that drink blood. Sounds like my wife. Whoa. Just kidding, <laughs> Stacey. I love you. <laughs> this is part of a kind of weird trend that I've been noticing on our show where like the females are the ones drinking blood or making the males attach their their junk onto them as they is suck that, and dry. Is that or... our implicit bias or is that God's? 
<laughs> I, I think I think it's because females need more nutrients in order to be able to have the young. Yeah. Right. Do male mosquitoes bite onto female mosquitoes and slowly just turn into a ball sack? <laughs> no, no. But what male mosquitoes do is they form swarms. So sometimes you'll see swarms of mosquitoes. Most of the mosquitoes in that swarm won't bite you. Fascinating, really. Yeah, yeah. so the most of the mosquitoes in a swarm are males, and then females will kind of fly in, bang a male, and then leave. It's very funny. Yeah. I, I had this nightmare scenario when I was in Korea. I was walking to a Korean Costco in a Korean canal with my buddy, uh-huh. and we went through an underpass, and like there were just these long spindling spider webs, and millions upon millions of mosquitoes <sighs> dead hanging from the spider webs like all the dwarves in Casa Doom. Oh my god. It was so gross, dude. It was like this a, is a graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man. A graveyard for ants. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Terrifying, man. Yeah, yeah. That's really freaky. It was it was it was awful. So, uh although I'm not sorry that those mosquitoes died because mosquitoes kill over a million people a year. Well, unless, I mean, these were probably male Korean mosquitoes. They just drink soju. That's true. That's true. They're probably most, it's the female mosquitoes kill over a million people a year because of these diseases they transmit. And mosquitoes are probably the killingest animals that have ever existed as far as human fatalities go. Besides other humans, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh, I guess a million a year actually is is quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe people have killed more people. As far as I understand, out of all of the human beings that have ever existed, half of them have been killed by diseases that are transmitted by mosquitoes. Really? Yeah. Well, then it must be other things, right? It's not like the other half. It's not like Mao killed the other half. It could have been old age. <laughs> um, anyway, mosquitoes are a really big group, okay? You know, it's got a lot of different species of mosquitoes. And so there's actually a whole genus of mosquitoes called elephant mosquitoes. They don't drink any blood. They actually eat other mosquitoes. But their swarms are so big, they do clear out entire swaths of the forest. What? They're ecological engineers. <laughs> Call back. Oh, uh, because of the elephant thing. Wow. Mm. Yeah. You're very brave. <laughs> when mosquitoes bite you, their saliva gets kind of injected in, and it has different anticoagulants to keep you from clotting up your blood, and it's got immunosuppressive effects, so it can fuck up your immune system in the area. So there, there's two main groups of mosquitoes that usually transmit the diseases, the uh, Anopheles and the Aedes Weren't the groups. 80s, well, I mean, the 80s sound like the 80s, <laughs> but weren't they also like very fertile Greek nymphs or something? Like 80s sounds like like some Greek shit to me. Yeah, sure. Why yeah, not? I think so. I'm willing to go with that. Yeah. A lot of these names are from Greek shit anyway. Right? That's the thing is like this stuff is ancient enough that it actually has straight up Greek shit. Whereas like most of our medical terms, I feel like we actually figured out in the last hundred years. So like they have all etymologically Greek roots, but like they don't sound like Greek words. Yeah. Whereas this shit is like 80s, bro. <laughs> so the Anopheles are the ones that actually spread malaria. And then the 80s are the ones that do kind of all these viral diseases that we're going to talk about. Okay. Oh. So they're kind of actually two separate groups of mosquitoes that do these two separate groups of diseases. So unlike with ticks, where really all of those diseases can potentially be mixed together, like you can get Lyme and a bunch of other stuff at the same time. If you get bit by a mosquito and you get malaria, that mosquito was probably not carrying one of these other viral diseases you can get. Well, that's a silver lining. Yeah, kind of. Um, But on the other hand, by virtue of it flying, it can get a lot of places. Yeah, so that's one of the really annoying things about mosquitoes compared to ticks, is that they fly around and shit, and it's really hard to cover up sufficiently to keep them away. Mosquito nets actually help a lot, uh, especially if they're mosquito nets sprayed 
with something like DEET to kind of insect repel them also. Mm. Mosquitoes are crepuscular. Yeah, sure. They're, they're, they like crepes. <laughs> French crepes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you, can't, you can't go around crepe stores at dawn <laughs> or at dusk because there's a lot of mosquitoes there. Yeah, so crepuscular it means that they are most active at dawn and dusk. Like French people. Although some of them, like the Asian tiger mosquito, can be active all day, which is like Asian tiger moms. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is kind of weird for me. I, I didn't know this, but mosquitoes seem to prefer people with type O blood. Well, that makes sense. Because remember that one time we had the window in Rome open when I was in ninth yeah. grade and you were uh, in college. And like overnight, I got bit 50 times and you got bit zero times. Yeah. Well, I'm O. Oh, you are? I don't remember. I feel like mom tells me that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I must have been no because I got bit a lot. Right? You did You did get bit like an insane amount. It was yeah. crazy, dude. You got, and, yeah. And get this. This is a weird historical legacy. I didn't get malaria thanks to Mussolini, who drained the marshes around Rome, destroyed the local peoples, their habitats, and all the animals that lived there, including mosquitoes and their malaria. Well, not mosquitoes, obviously, because I got the ship it out of me. Yeah. But thank you, Mussolini, from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Mussolini. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mussolini. Mosquitoes also like heavy breathers. Yeah. And people oh, that's with, me too. <laughs> people with a certain kind of body odor. So you, you got the trifecta. Wow. <laughs> I'm wearing this little bear onesie. <laughs> I smell like one too. You're going to get bit. I'm going to bit, get bit. So unlike ticks... Mosquitoes bite and drink for a relatively short amount of time before flying off. So That's nice of them. Well, also, it means it's harder to detect them. Oh, fuck those guys. And they get the diseases in you really fast, right? Like, so I mentioned with Lyme disease and the ticks, they need to be biting you for like 36 hours straight before you get Lyme disease. Hey, where the fuck is that, by the way? Why does oh. it take so long for you to get Lyme disease? Right. So the part of the body in the tick that the Lyme bacteria is, it takes a while for the bacteria to actually get out that's some lazy fucking virus, man. I've seen a tick. It ain't that big. It's a bacteria, you son of a bitch. Don't besmirch. I've seen Osmosis Jones. You just like get on the steamboat, choo-choo up the blood. All right. All right. So let's do this. Okay, we're going to talk about mosquitoes, the diseases. Let's start with the viruses. Dengue. Dengue fever. Ooh. Okay, and we actually talked about this briefly in a past episode where you did not believe me that this was a real disease. It doesn't it sound like a form of syncretic dance or like voodoo from like West Congo? Well, what it makes me think of is a benge, which is like a it's some kind of medicine. Are you thinking about a beignet? That's a type of donut. <laughs> no, I'm not. You don't about pronounce the G, Sean. Benge. <laughs> Benge. It's like it's like a thing you rub on sore muscles. Okay, so let's anyway, just move on. Yeah. Dengue's not real. <laughs> so <laughs> so dengue, it's got flu-like symptoms, and normally that's it. 80% of people, it's just kind of like a flu. But for 20% of people, it can turn into a more severe hemorrhagic form. Like Ebola. Like Ebola. Mm. And so it can cause bleeding out all places. 50 to 200 million people every year get dengue. Okay, yeah, that's all right. And 10 to 20,000 people die. Okay, so that's not, this disease doesn't matter that much. (laughs) That's like, that's like like a frat party, dude. And uh, what's fun about this guy is there is a vaccine, but it's usually only recommended for people who have already been infected once. Yeah, what is that? So what's weird about this vaccine is it's only partially effective. Oh. And... If you get it after you've been infected once, it makes it pretty hard for you to ever get infected again for a while. But if you've never been infected, <laughs> it weirdly makes your first time getting bit worse. 
<laughs> so it's got this really weird sort of situation. See, why is Jenna McCarthy going to be all crazy about other things? She can point right. to this and be yeah. like, hey, you get, actually really shouldn't get this vaccine yeah, immediately. Get mad at the dengue vaccine. Before we move on, though, I, or, well, we have a couple more things to talk about. Yeah. I want you to say this phrase out loud, Sean. Oh, one of the symptoms is plasma leakage. <laughs> say it again. Plasma leakage. <laughs> so this is pretty crazy. Dengue is actually worse for well-nourished children. Yeah, so unlike a lot of other diseases where, you know, the malnourished kids are the ones to be more likely to get the disease and be sicker, dengue, because of the way that it kind of infects your immune system, it works better in well-nourished kids. And where's dengue? What's its range again? Uh, dengue is a tropical disease, so, uh, you mm. know, we're talking mostly Mediterranean. Oh, Mediterranean. Uh, the, the, the North Africa and then down. Ah, we talked about our dengue. Let's do this next crazy one. You guys have all heard of this. This is a classic East Nile Club. <laughs> so we got the West Nile virus. Okay, and I think a lot of people actually have heard about this because there have been scares, right, of like it spreading to the U.S. and shit like that. And this is actually usually spread by a different kind of mosquito than either dengue or malaria. This is usually what are called Kulex mosquitoes. Yeah, that sounds sexy. Yeah. It sounds like part of the female anatomy. Yeah, or, or like culo or something like Kulo. that, which yeah. I think is a naughty uh, Spanish or word. Or like a really sexy green alien. It's like, <laughs> I am Kulex. Yes. Like dates the Martian Manhunter. Agreed. So the thing about West Nile virus is out of all the people who get infected with the virus, 80% have like no symptoms. Like none. Oh, okay. You, you can't tell that you got infected. Oh, well, whatever then. And then for almost all the rest of the people, so 80%, nothing. Pretty much 20% get a flu and then that last little bit that one percent they can get the itis encephalitis mm. neck stiffness and a 10 percent chance of death and you're more likely to get it if you're old you have cancer or you have diabetes yep and the thing is that a vaccine exists for horses but none for humans have progressed out of clinical trials man this shit is so crazy that like west now you got like a one out of one percent chance of getting it and like yet there's a bunch of people with lyme disease and like we won't and we're like well, what about the vaccine though want to kill you like isn't that so crazy you're like oh man yeah okay so zika let's talk about zika this is another one that was really big in the news for a while right and i think the big thing about zika is that it's a pretty mild disease for the person unless they're a pregnant woman right and in this case they can have very serious complications with their pregnancy and there's no vaccine or cure. Hey, what's the, up with that? Well, there's some vaccines in clinical trials. One of the weird things about Zika, there's actually, uh, there's a different podcast called Carry the One. And they did an episode about Zika and how we haven't heard about Zika recently because it mysteriously disappeared. Like oh. in 2016, we had a huge outbreak, like a shitload of people got Zika. Right. And then now kind of nobody has Zika. And we're not really sure where it is. Um, okay. And there's other virus ones. There's like uh, chikungunya. There's yellow fever. Okay, first of all, chikungunya is definitely like a season four episode of X-Files. Uh, <laughs> next, just real fast before I move okay, on. Okay. Why does Zika like is not really a big deal for most people, but causes pregnancy complications that are so severe for women? Like what's going on? Yeah, so unfortunately it can be transmitted to 
the developing fetus. And is that just not true of malaria? Like, why is that true of Zika? Uh, so some of these other diseases, it can do that. Like, that, so for, for malaria, malaria is also bad for pregnant women. But a lot of these other diseases are more obvious in their <laughs> manifestation. Sure, like there's a bigger deal going on. Like, Yeah, yeah, but that's the problem with Zika is that Zika can be sexually transmitted and it's so mild, some people don't know that they're sick. Ah, And so okay. there can be a lot of people who are sick technically and so infected like, with zika they give birth to a baby that's like entirely disabled because of zika yes wow yes that's i think one of the scariest aspects of zika is how it can basically be a hidden risk for pregnant women all right so we're gonna wrap this up by talking about this last big one for mosquitoes it's a protozoa which means it's pretty esoteric it's not very well known uh, what is it? <laughs> it's malaria. Oh, okay. Okay, so malaria. So I've heard of that. Yeah, this is this is the big one, right? About two weeks or so after the mosquito bite, you might get a fever, headache, chills, some vomiting. And then if your disease progresses from there, you get things like yellowed skin. Mm, that's why in ancient Rome, it was called uh, Sinohot virus. China virus. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I like how after you say that you start to kind of move away from me because you think I'm going to hit you. <laughs> you definitely earned it. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it's racist to mention yellowing skin. It's an accurate symptom. <laughs> what, is our skin yellowing, Sean? Okay. Why well, have, have so much self-loathing? Okay. Got hate. Okay. <laughs> Seizures, coma, and death. And malaria can have a cerebral form where it goes into your brain. Uh, and then, uh, and then you definitely die from that. Cause okay. that one's a huge bummer. That's bad. Well, I'm seeing there's hundreds of millions of cases a year, hundreds of thousands of deaths. Why are there so many people dying from malaria? Yeah. So, you know, the thing is there are treatments for malaria. There have been treatments for a relatively long time, but resistance has been developing to those treatments. And so for people who have treatment resistant malaria, I think in those cases, the mortality rate can be like 30% or something like that, like pretty high. Mm. Uh, whereas if you get effective treatment, then your mortality rate, you know, that can drop down to like 1%, basically. How much of the mortality rate has to do with it being in a lot of kind of classically or stereotypically war-torn areas that are poorly developed? Like if you and I got malaria, what's our survival rate? Our survival rate would probably be 99% or higher so long as it's not a resistant form of malaria. If it's a resistant form, we might have a lot less luck with this. Um, we might have a survival rate of more like 60% or something like that. Yeah, so better than even odds that we would survive, but not that great. Where exactly is malaria again? Uh, malaria is kind of banned in the southern hemisphere, kind of tropics area. But, you know, going to Southeast Asia... Africa, you know, places like that. Fuck, I ain't going there, man. <laughs> yeah, so you, you want to be, you want to try to be careful um, with this. So basically, like we said, malaria is caused by this single cell protozoa called Plasmodium. And uh, one of the things that we've kind of found out recently is that Plasmodia have a special organelle inside of their cells. So just like we have like mitochondria and plants have chloroplasts, right? Um, sometime, a long time ago, Plasmodium ate an algae cell then they just kind of kept it around to make cool molecules for them the reason why i brought this shit up about the plasmodium and it has this special organelle is that because this organelle is special 
humans don't have it, we can target drugs to this organelle. Oh, that's interesting. And so if we kill this organelle, we might be able to kill the plasmodium without hurting humans at all. Have we figured that out? So there are new classes of drugs that are currently being tested in trials that are based on targeting this particular organelle. And so there are some chances that maybe we'll be able to make some stuff that can get around this resistance that started to build up. Damn. So do you think using science, we can someday triumph over these little blood-sucking evils? Well, I mean, we're trying to do a lot of stuff with mosquitoes and shit. When we were doing the CRISPR episode, we talked about gene drives and shit and uh, how we can try to use them to reduce mosquito levels. But as far as who's winning and shit like that right now, mosquitoes and ticks are definitely winning. Their numbers are increasing. The number of people who are infected with those diseases are increasing. And yeah, a part of that is climate change driven. And so I think as far as that's concerned, things are going to get worse before they get better. Sure. So what I'm kind of curious about, just as on kind of our closing notes, you know, sometimes we talk about trying to eradicate different things from the environment that have a negative effect on us. With mosquitoes, would that really be good when it turns like male mosquitoes are actually pollinators, right? And plenty of things eat mosquitoes. Would deleting that from our ecosystem have negative impacts on our ecosystem? Yeah, so that's actually a really fun question. Um, I heard a talk from this guy one time, and... As far as we can tell, which is not perfect, okay, the ecosystem planning is something that humans are famously really shitty at. Right. Because they're so complex, right? But as far as we can tell, compared to most other species on the planet, mosquitoes are not essential. They're uniquely douchebags. <laughs> for pretty much anything in their environment. Interesting. Um, so as a food source, they're usually not the primary food source of anything, which means that, you know... If they disappeared, their niche would probably get filled by some other kind of thing as a food source for some predator. As far as pollination goes, they aren't the major pollinator of any species of plant that we can figure Interesting. out. Interesting. And then ticks are just like little motherfuckers, right? Like nothing's really eating ticks, right? Uh, you know, there's uh, one kind of bird that eats ticks. Fuck I think. that bird. <laughs> and I think uh, there's some kind of, there's a wasp that eats ticks. Fuck that wasp. So there's some people who are like, we should release these wasps. Into these tick areas, and people are like wasps are creepy too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't, like, that, this, isn't that the Simpsons joke? And then we'll have a lot of wasps, and then we'll release snakes to eat the wasps, and yeah. then gorillas to kill the snakes, and then winter will come, and the gorillas will all die in winter. Right. So another thing people are advocating for is releasing um, a lot of opossums. Why is that? Because opossums are extremely bad at being reservoirs for any of these tick diseases. Mm. Um, they're like weirdly they aren't able to be hosts to these diseases so if ticks feed on them and stuff they won't be able to pick up anything from them they're such toxic gross animals <laughs> but even ticks even ticks can't do anything with it them. might be their body temperature or something like they what? might they might either run hot or cold i'm trying to remember but like they, they got some kind of thing i think with their body temperature that makes it so that diseases have a hard time surviving <laughs> I think, but then, I mean, if we had extra opossums, that would really start the chain reaction of, like, now we need more cobras. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just... like, we ain't... we don't want more opossums. Start arming the deer with guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, guys. Well, so, I guess, like, our final notes, then, is that ticks and mosquitoes are huge dicks, and they don't contribute much to the environment, and let's, uh, let's get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say... As far as ticks are concerned, tuck your pants into your socks, spray yourself down with some DEET, okay? 
And as far as mosquitoes are concerned, uh, you're going to get fucking bit, but try to throw away your bottle caps, I guess. I, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, do your safe. best. Stay safe and stay classy, San Diego. Okay. <laughs> right. Let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord. Thank you, Brian Allen, for all the art. And if you dudes want to talk to us about any of the words we said or Nathan, you know, insulted the group of people that you identify with, then you can tweet at us at Dish Podcast or you can email us at PetriDishPod at gmail.com. Keep in mind that Sean's the one who checks those. So if (laughs) you're just like real mad, (laughs) I won't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Politely word it. Uh, about how disgusted or angry you were. By yeah, that. if you want to be actually mad at me, you just need to like find me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. off the grid. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, ich benign science. Ich benign science. <laughs> Just